0: Our thoughts and prayers go out to the Leach family, the Mississippi State football family, and to those who feel the loss of a great man, Coach Mike Leach. Coach Leach's passing has affected so many of us, even those who actually never met him, because he used the stage he was given by the game of football to impact others. It goes without saying that he was a one of a kind individual. There's so much to be learned from his approach to life and to coaching the game. My daughter is a part of the Mississippi State football family. She is a junior there and works with football creative. I was fortunate to have met an assistant coach at Mississippi State, Eric Mealy, while he was at Washington State with Coach Leach. I first talked to him on the podcast in 2019. And while we were moving Page onto campus in the summer, Of 2021, Coach Mealy told us to stop by again, and after a tour of the facility and the updates they had made, Paige talked with the DFO and then the football director of Creative, and walked out of the Leo Seal Jr. football complex with a job. It's something she takes great pride in, and she's been giving me updates all weekend long, and I know that the football family there was devastated by Coach's passing. While I was in Starkville in that August of 21, I was fortunate to be able to attend a practice and watch Coach Leach in action. It was impressive to watch how he and his staff taught the game. We also had the opportunity to host a Q&A with him during the National Air Raid Clinic in 2020. I gave that duty over to an assistant as I was out of town with my son on a baseball trip, but I did listen over the phone, of course. Coach Leach was known for so many of the gems he delivered and sharing his unfiltered thoughts on the game and just about anything that was asked of him, and we'll share a couple of those from a clinic that we covered this past year. First, I'd like to share a story from a podcast we recorded in 2019 with longtime Mike Leach assistant Eric Mealy. The story Coach Mealy shared on the podcast tells of the opportunity he was given by Coach Leach. So let's take a listen. I do want to touch on your journey into coaching. Uh, you have uh, probably as interesting of a story as, as any that I've I've shared on this podcast. If you would just talk to us about how you got to Washington State and uh the road to it.
1: It's a uh it's a long winded yet interesting story. So I'll uh I'll try and give you the nuts and bolts. But uh you know, I, I coached or you know, played at Division Three School in New Jersey, um coached there for uh uh, kind of got my start there my first two years um was in high school for a year with the uh kind of followed the head coach over to a, a local uh, uh school and kind of got a coordinator uh, job out of that and then went to St. Peter's College in Jersey City uh a buddy of mine um Charles Coffey was the offensive coordinator there he called me come coach receivers there and he had actually ventured out to Texas Tech uh, so this is going back uh uh, several years ago 2000 I guess six-ish something like that and he had you know got all the scripts and, and the practice plan hung out for a week and kind of just you know got all that air raid offense and we came back and we installed it St. Peter's and ran it that year and had some good success and then uh, um, what happened there was St. Peter's was actually uh, closing football The conference kind of got disbanded and several of the teams kind of moved into that Pioneer League and several teams all uh, kind of folded up shop so my wife and I moved to uh, North Carolina. Um, Joe Reich at Wingate University gave me a gave me a job over there on campus, and spent five years there. Great place, great head coach. Uh, you know, won a conference championship there and playoffs, and he's continued to do all that same stuff now. But so I was there for you know five seasons and loved it. You know, cost of living great, and then, uh, the weather and then the program, the whole thing was fantastic. But you know, Coach each was out of football at the time, I, and I had met. Matt Mummy, who, who was coaching at Davidson, kind of just down the road from us. And then, uh, you know, kind of met Hal as well, Hal Mummy. And, you know, I just heard about Leach through the grapevine, read his book, like everybody else, I'm sure, Swing Your Word. And he was out of coaching. So I just wrote him a letter, really off the cuff and casual, and just said, hey, you know, kind of BS, you're out of coaching, you get back into it. You know, I'd love to catch on with you and, you know, bust my ass for you, that kind of thing. And, you know, didn't think much of it. And then Zoom had a couple months later, I'm, I'm at a clinic, ironically, in uh, Oregon. And Chip Kelly was there, that staff, and uh, kind of hanging out, just talking football, kind of, a, kind of a closed door thing. And my phone rings, and it says Lubbock, Texas on there. So I'm like, well, I'm like, what the heck is this? It's got to be Mike Leach, you know? So I step out, play the voicemail back, and the message was, Eric, Mike Leach. Woo-hoo. And that was it. So I don't know what the heck that meant. So, uh, you know, at first chance I like, got, give him a shout back. And he said, hey, yeah, if you're in Florida, you know, let me know. So I went back to Carolina. Two weeks later, I'm in Florida. Shoot him a text and say I'm hey, I'm in town. So uh, about eight o'clock at night, meet him down there on uh, on Duval Street and went till probably about five o'clock in the morning. Little island tour in typical Coach Leeds fashion. So we visited all the local uh, restaurants and watering holes and lots of history, that type of thing. So he invited me back down that summer. So he came back down. I think it was June and and uh, Hal and a couple of his coaches, Mason Miller, who's currently on our staff too met him for the first time down there it's so about seven or eight of us you know toward jimmy Buffett's studio you know fishing you know staying up all night roosters kind of waking up so it's kind of like the hangover movie part to part four <laughs> so we did that for about three days and then uh you know went home and then you know i guess that winter is when he got hired at washington state so you know reach out to him i'm sure his phone's probably blown up at the time can't get a hold of him so told my wife I'm gonna, I'm gonna go book a trip out there unannounced you know, he knows who I am, so I'll just kind of go to the office that next day and just and see what the story is. So, book a trip out there on a Tuesday, and he uh, had a press conference on Tuesday to get introduced. So, Wednesday morning, I uh, I text him, hey, I'm at the Quality Inn in Pullman, which it's, uh, you know, that's not the ideal uh, spring break uh, destination supposed to be, but I'm there at the Quality Inn, uh, give me a shout, and then uh, he had flew in and flew out back in Key West. The, the text kind of came back, so yeah, I flew out there, so I'm stuck uh, out in Poland for a few days, you know, with nothing to do. So I said, "Hey, I'll, I'll meet you back in uh, in Key West." So now I got to start tapping my resources a little bit. You know, I had the, at the time we had three kids, and I'd already kind of chased, you know, two or three trips down at this point. I'm call my brother and my dad, and I'm like, "Hey, I might have to get a little loaner from you guys. Got to get it back to Florida. I mean, I missed them out here, type of thing." So I, I think that's when Coach Leeds realized he wasn't going to shake me at all. You know, because uh, I just kept coming at him. So invited me back out about a month later. I came out for about forty eight hours. Never discussed anything about a job or uh you know what the position was or anything like that. And then I got a red eye out in the morning. It's about ten o'clock at night and we're at the Sangria restaurant in town. And uh turns around he says, Hey you know, job only pays this and I know you got a pile of kids it won't be the distraction for you but you know you want the job. And then I absolutely I want the job. And I kinda of shake his hand and know call my wife and she's like all right you know, did we, you know get the money we wanted absolutely not sell the <laughs> house the corner you know all our furniture and we're out of here you know so wait, what's the job and I'm like don't know that either man but you know we're going so showed up uh you know showed up after that first spring it's in 2012 you know his first season here and then came out and first guy I see one of our offensive line coaches at the time was like hey coach you know can you introduce me to his uh his wife and this is a new quarterback uh QC with coach Leach so like, well, that worked out pretty good. If I could have picked the spot, you know, kind of get my foot in the door, that was the one I wanted to do. So about two years into it of just, you know, lots of long nights with Coach. He's a night owl. So, you know, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning in the, in the staff room watching film, talking about, you know, do we like to post on 95 here and best pizza places in Jersey and Vikings and that kind of stuff. You we know, do that for a couple seasons and then we got promoted. That midway through that third year. And then that's going back about five, six years now, so. It was a heck of a story. Heck of a story. It's been it's been great, but a great journey, and I'm grateful for the opportunity that he gave me.
0: Yeah, really interesting story, and just the the persistence you had. Uh, I'm I'm sure that's a big part of who you are and the work ethic that you know it, it took really for you to to land that job, and and then the sacrifices. I mean, uh, there's there's a lot of guys who do that, um, you know, who take those chances, who who are poor for a while, and uh, doesn't always pay off for everybody but so far so good for you
1: yeah exactly exactly it's uh yeah it's, that's what i would say man that's one of my favorite quotes is uh energy and persistence conquer all things Ben, you know ben franklin said that and it's, uh, you, you gotta you know you live your life that way you're doing recruiting you're doing coaching and, and all that and usually things turn out all right for you, you know
0: as i mentioned earlier coach leach is known for sharing what he thinks we've found many of these entertaining over the years and here are two from the Alabama Football Coaches Association Clinic this past January. In the first one, Coach Leach talks about lip readers, and in the second, he talks about catching the ball.
2: I'm not a particularly secretive guy. Um, with all due respect to those of you who do this, I never do this. I never talk here because, you know, they might read my lips. I've never met a lip reader, but evidently there's a lot of them out there because all these coaches cover their mouth, and despite the fact that during spring and in camp, they go ahead and call plays with their teams and run plays with their teams, uh, somehow the other team they're about to play is a lot smarter, and uh, so somebody, the lip reader, is going to immediately get the message of what you said. In your terminology, which could be very different than the other guys, but in your terminology. It's like the magic bullet, okay? And then, and then he is somehow gonna tell, say, the defensive coordinator on the other team, you know, what you uh, called, who's thereby gonna get it to the play caller, who then <clears throat> clearly, without any error whatsoever, is gonna convey that to 10 other players and then they're going to execute with precision, immediately pouncing on whatever it is you just caught. OK, so um, if you want to know about that, you're going to have to ask somebody else. Um, <clears throat> you know, these guys nowadays, their hands are all over the place. You know, Greg guy thinks he's got to catch it here. The guys that drive me the craziest are the ones that start here and then do the hand flip stuff. I mean, these hands are everywhere. Their hands are utterly everywhere. Look, as much as possible, there are two ways to catch a ball. There are two. Anywhere that you can, including jumping or as low as you can go here, you wanna catch it in your hands. That is the quickest way. First of all, it's the quickest way to catch it. You can catch it out in front of your body and then um, you can tuck it quicker that way too, thereby getting up field quicker. Second way, pinkies together. So it's either this or pinkies together. Okay, when do you catch with pinkies together? Well, Ball over my outside shoulder, pinkies together. Too low to do this, pinkies together. Okay, Um, and then, well, then of course, there's the emergency deal too where it's thrown way too far. Try to get both hands there, can't. You just catch it any way you can, dive, lay out, whatever. Okay, but that's an emergency situation. And if you're always having emergency situations, you're going to be a pretty shitty team.
0: Finally, I want to share our Q&A with Coach Leach. We start out with an introduction from his close friend, Hal Mummy. This was right after Coach Leach won his first game at state with a big win over the defending national champion LSU Tigers. Here's the episode.
3: Hi, this is Coach Hal Mummy and you are listening to the Coach and Coordinator Podcast.
0: On today's Coaching Coordinator Podcast, we're going to talk a little bit about the big game this past weekend with the Mississippi State Bulldogs beating the LSU Tigers. And joining me to discuss a little bit about this before we get into a QA and uh, a that we did at the National Air Raid Clinic this past summer is the godfather of the air raid offense, Hal Mummy. Hal, it's always great to have you here.
3: Oh, I appreciate it, Keith. Thanks for having me on.
0: Well, before we get into some of these things, I guess I just want to get your thoughts on what transpired last night as, as you watched that on full.
3: Well, this is going to sound really arrogant, but I would have been more shocked if he hadn't won. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I thought the, the, the setup was so great. You, you could just see it coming. Cause you know, I've been saying for a long time, I think Mike Leach is the best coach in America and, and, uh, people, tend to laugh at that when i say it but i think he's he's in a spot now at mississippi state where he can get great skill people and 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 it's a place that has a tradition of playing great defense and he's he's never really you know been been in those positions before in in that position where where you could get both and uh so i think he's going to do really well there uh LSU had a lot of holes to fill obviously from last year's, uh, champ national championship team. Uh, but, but they still had, you know, a lot of veteran players back and a lot of players that played backup roles in that national championship run. And so obviously they were favored playing in Baton Rouge, but, uh, I just thought it set up pretty well for Mike to, uh, I I liked his quarterback a lot better
0: Mm
3: -hmm. than, uh, than LSU's and, and, uh, Costello was, uh, you know, he's a veteran guy and he's, he's uh, although he, he hasn't played in the air raid before, uh, he was just a heady guy that you could tell was probably going to take to it pretty quick, kind of similar to what Tim Couch did when he went to Kentucky.
0: Yes, and when we look at this, and you you heard it throughout the game, you know, the the commentator saying, well, it's the same plays, they run them over and over again, and, and, and we know that about this offense, and we've seen it. You know, people take the Y cross or the four verse. You know, I never was an air raid coach, but we were we were you know running four verticals all the time. It was great to us. So people take parts of it, but you know when you look at this as a whole, it's uh, I think the the package works really good together. And you look at just the statistics from the game; uh, they ran nine yards total. On LSU and won the football game, scored scored forty four points. Now there wasn't a lot of rushing in that game overall, fifty four for eighty nine for both teams. Um, but the the point being though, is in a short period of time, because there wasn't no a spring ball, um, might have been a couple practices before things got shut down. These guys were able to get ready, prepared, and beat the defending national champs.
3: Well, I, I talked to a coach, who called me during the game, and and he's a guy that had always wanted to, wanted to run air raid but would never commit to the pr- way we practice and and was always you know wanting to add plays and stuff like that and and I just he said how 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 he do, do this it's this just amazing you know what you what you were just saying you know so little preparation they look so good I said, "Look, we, you know, we're doing about a third of what everybody else is doing. So, I mean, that means we get three times as much practice at it.
0: And that's exactly it. And as I was telling you, my daughter goes to Mississippi State about a month ago. I visited, and they were practicing. And you know, I know Eric Mealy, running backs coach there. So he he invited me out to practice, and uh, I, was, I was excited. It was the first time I was able to watch an air raid practice. I love watching practices, seeing how people do things." And I'll tell you, it was just a model of efficiency. They did things so well. We're able to get a tremendous amount of reps. And it's not just on the the plays that it would be like a a two-and-a-half-minute period working releases. And you see this whole line of 20 receivers or so getting four or five reps at releases because of the setup of practice and how quick they do things. I mean, to me, it was just I sat there and mentally took notes the whole time and, and went back, you know, when I was done, went back to my hotel room and wrote a few pages out of exactly what I saw at practice. And that's a big part of the air raid too. Like like I said, we could take all those concepts, and they're great concepts, but how you practice things is a tremendous part of it. And that's what Coach Leach said after the game, it takes all week to beat somebody
3: yeah well and and you know we spent about seven or eight years developing all this stuff and how we practice and how we game plan and and how you use the the really simple plays uh to take advantage of of the find open grass you know find you know where's the grass that was always the question tell me where the grass is and and uh so it's you know it's always better for athletes if you can keep it simple for them so they can use their athletic ability. And I, what you're describing right there, particularly in the receiving core, uh, yesterday in yesterday's game, I just thought the receiving core at Mississippi State was was light years ahead of the ones from LSU. And uh, you know they just made play after play and, and uh, on on relatively simple things. Uh, so it's, all, it's always best to keep that. I, you, know, you know, as coaches, we like to spend a lot of time watching film and drawing stuff on the board and coming up with all these creative ideas. But usually what you're doing is is uh, you're creating chaos. And we've always had this saying that, that to, to be successful at the way we practice and play, you have to have a great capacity for boredom because you're just going to do the same things over and over again. And and you can't get bored with doing that. And and you got to you know try to make each rep better. So Mike Leach is is probably the the purest at being able to practice and and stick to what, you know he's running this coach. that called me last night. I said so how long have y'all been doing this? And I said basically what you saw is what we developed in 1991. And he's been the reason he's successful is he hasn't changed he's resisted the the uh, temptation to change
0: with that though coach as you look at it um and i know you 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 talk with mike i'm sure quite a bit over the years has the innovation really become in just getting better at practice how we do things how we can be more efficient is there a, a study that goes on with that
3: um really we're he's practicing now the way we've always practiced or or like I said, after we kind of developed everything, it took about, took about five years to do that. But if if you watched the 1991 Iowa Wesleyan Tigers practice, you would have seen the same things you saw watching Mississippi state. This is not, this is not complicated. This is, this is the simpler you can keep it and the more rep friendly you can keep it, the better you're going to be. And then it just becomes the question of plugging the, Right athletes into the right positions, and and uh, one of the things that I think has always made Mike successful is he can pick out quarterbacks. Uh, I've always been able to pick out quarterbacks, and, and a lot of our guys that worked with us, Dana Holgerson, Chris Hatcher, and people like that, Sonny Dykes, they they can all do the same thing. But you look at it, we all came from the same the same backgrounds, and we all. We can pick quarterbacks because we know what we're looking for mm-hmm. you know it it's like going to Walmart without a list you know <laughs> a lot of times for recruiting it, people people go out there and they start looking at looking at quarterbacks and this guy looks good and that guy looks good, but they really don't know what they want to put put the young man into once they get him, and so they end up with all these guys with with varying uh abilities and and not really knowing what, what they're looking for. And, and it's really like that at every position. Uh, but, but the quarterback of course stands out the most.
0: Coach, you did a, a tremendous job in putting together the air raid certified program on coach tube. And, you know, in today's day and age, it's really easy to get information. I mean, we just went through a time here with the shutdown. There's, there were probably 500 free zoom clinics or more than that. You know, that, that's okay. I think it's a great way to learn football, but at the end of the day, you got to bring something out to your team that works together that you know how to practice. And so that's exactly what you've done. You've taken all the learning that, you know, as you said, took at least eight years for you guys to develop and you've put it together into one resource. Um, Talk to us a little bit about the air raid certified program and exactly what coaches get.
3: Well, i tell you, it was, it was really AJ Smith, uh, brainchild and he came to me and asked me to, to do it and he thought there was a, a niche there and and the more i thought about it the more i thought yeah you know we've never really people always want to know you know do you have a playbook we've never really had a playbook and and uh so teaching this has always been by repetition and so i i thought aj's idea of, of having these these videos of Every aspect of the offense, every play, every concept, every practice, uh, every game plan, you know, ha- have a way to teach that to guys where they could could uh, master it. And uh, through the years, the various places I've been, and I'm sure Mike runs into the all the air Raid guys run into this is you have these guys come visit and they they want to learn the offense. Well, they come visit for two days.
0: Mm-hmm. And then
3: and, and they then they call you up and ask you to recommend them to somebody that the, that they know the offense for a job, and so I I just wanted to uh, I just wanted to have a way to know that I was recommending somebody that that really has studied it and knows it the the way we do, and and so we put together, it's uh, 17 videos and there's three tests, and uh, it covers every aspect of the offense.
0: I really like what you've done too with the certification database right in today's day and age I think everybody's out there now looking for you know you might be looking for your next uh offensive coordinator and want him uh to be an air raid guy well you give them that stamp of approval right we know that they've gone through this because the exams aren't easy and you're, you're not allowed to go on to the next section of the of the content until you pass that exam
3: yeah it's a it's a it's not an easy thing to pass and and I, I we did it that way on purpose like i said i wanted to make sure that that if i called up somebody and said hey hire this guy to be your coordinator that that i wasn't you know i wasn't just blowing smoke so if they've passed this certification then then they're i know they know it. and we grandfathered some guys you know that i've worked with that i know know the offense and and but and and so of course i still try to help them all i can uh, but you know, we've got about 500 guys in this thing now that, that I, I know no air raid and know how to coach it. And they're not, you know, they're not just guessing at how to practice it, or they're not just guessing at what drills to do and, or, uh, you know, how to, how to game plan. I, it, all this is, is, a it's a complete offense and it's a complete system. And so I tried to do, take, take my time and teach it. Just like I would to the players and uh and then, like I said, you got you know you gotta jump over some hurdles uh, before you can finish
0: well, I think it's uh to me this when I saw you guys do this, I talked to a j when you guys were first coming out with it, I thought this is this is what the game needs right now uh, some place that you can uh, number one, work yourself up in this profession with with some accreditation behind you. And I think you guys have done an outstanding job there for our coaches out there who are looking for this. You can go to airraidcertified.com I'll put the link in the show notes coach. It's always great to catch up with you. And uh, again, thanks for taking the time here as well as sharing some of the Q and a from uh, this past summer's national air raid clinic with Mike Leach. Thanks Keith. I
3: appreciate it. And uh, really wish you a lot of luck on the new podcast.
0: we're going to kick this over to our guest host for that day Uh, this was a day back in June and it was a morning a Saturday morning I remember and I couldn't do it we had something come up with you know baseball had just started for my son Uh, it was a time where he's going through recruiting he needed to get everything on video and I really had to be there Um, I was out there in the morning and and reception was really bad it was Uh, basically in the middle of a cornfield the the name of the field we played at was field of dreams and it was literally like that it was on this guy's farm in the middle of nowhere Uh, pretty cool setting but i knew i wouldn't be able to do this and and be able to get on the phone and have good reception and i didn't want to hurt the quality of it so i did call our producer uh, peter gumas and peter you did an excellent job and and when i asked you i said you want to talk to the pirate today you were like really so what was your reaction when i asked you that (laughs) yeah keith you know you hit me up that morning and i was a little
4: bit shocked and like kind of flustered there for a minute thinking oh my god what i get to interview the pirate today this is this is gonna be awesome um but you know it, it went great i was really excited to do it as a, as a long time college football fan. i had a just a great time um getting to sit down and talk to him it was it was really like kind of a dream come true for me in some
1: ways
0: yeah it was it was a really cool interview that you guys did and, and i know um you know, this was uh, actually a Zoom clinic, but Coach wasn't available via Zoom. I, I'm not sure. He may have been in Key West, but uh, it was just a Q&A audio, so it works really well here for the podcast. Now, we did not put the, the entire show up here, actually. This is something that is in the Air Raid certification. All of it is over there, so you want to hear the rest of it, uh, you could catch it over there. But uh, just some really cool answers uh, off the cuff. None of this really planned for Coach.
4: Yeah, coach was great. You know, you never really know what you're gonna get when you ask uh, coach Coach Leach a question. You can get anything from I think one of his answers was, you know, you show me mine, I'll show you yours. To you know, <laughs> any anything uh, anything really football related. So it, w- it was really great. Again, really uh, really interesting to hear what he had to say.
0: All right. Well, let's take a listen to it.
4: Coach Mike John, new head coach at Mississippi State. Coach, um, thank you very much for joining us. We appreciate you taking the time.
2: Oh, I'm glad to be
4: on. Uh,
5: no, uh, I mean, these uh, times are such that, you know, people are screwing around with computers all the time and doing all this other stuff, which is frustrating to everybody. But, no, it's good to get together with a, a bunch of people. And then, obviously, the air raid concepts are fascinating to all of us. And. And uh, so it's great to have the opportunity to talk to everybody far and wide.
4: Coach, what do you look for in a graduate assistant?
5: The biggest thing would be somebody that's very passionate about football, where football is very important to them. A guy that comes as close to needing football rather than just uh, wanting to be a football coach. Yeah, you know, when I got into it, I did it for free for years. You need somebody that's willing to do it for free. Um, that's not necessarily what you're going to pay them, but you know, there somebody's got to be willing to pay dues, and the best ones are, you know. And I've thought for some time that, you know, everybody says who's the best football coach? Well. I would- you know, somebody with a lot of resources, they win a lot of Super Bowls, like, you know, Belichick, who's clearly a good coach, or, you know, uh, some college coach or something. But, you know, odds are extremely high. The best football coach in the country is a high school coach. I mean, think about how many numbers of high school coaches there are. I mean, it's a crazy number. So, odds are that, you know, whoever's, and, and it's hard to gauge because the only way you can test it is. You know, if you have all the same people working with equal resources, you know, who comes out on top. So it's awfully tough to measure. and So no matter what, it'd be mythical. Odds are extremely high. It's a high school coach out there somewhere that's the best coach in the country. But um, one thing that is difficult is coaching college on the front end, unless, you know, right place, right time, um, you know, player with a relationship or such with your coach in a fashion that where you got to be a student assistant and you get elevated. I mean, it's hard to get those jobs and they're, they're kind of limited, but the, um, and, and it's hard to describe how. One thing is refuse to leave. Be there, refuse to leave. Prove yourself useful. Anything that uh, they want you to do Do it and don't let some other guy do it just because you're lazy or you're thinking about, um, you know, that's not exactly what you want to do because the more useful you are and uh, the more useful that you are and the more inexpendable you become as in all of a sudden the head coach and the coordinators go, okay, well, you know, one of these guys is leaving or somebody's got to go. Well, you want to make sure that they don't think you're the guy that should go because you do too much stuff and it's a too big of a pain in the ass for them if you leave. And, um, you know, that's what puts you in the position to, to elevate. And then um, – uh, but, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, if you're not willing to do it for free and move around at a moment's notice, college probably isn't the key. And that's why I think – Uh, Besides the fact, numerically, I think high school, the best coach in America is a high school coach somewhere that he himself probably doesn't even know he's the best coach in America. I think they get a certain amount of talent right off the top because you graduate from college, you can go to high school and you get a job, and then pretty soon you got a pickup truck or a boat or something, and then a wife, and then it's awfully tough to go do it free like you have to in college. And I I think in a lot of cases, uh, you know, the talent draw to that level is a little better too.
4: Coach, can you walk us through your in-season practice schedule? Do you practice specific plays Tuesday or Wednesday in in routes on air slash quick game? How does that differ from fall camp?
5: Uh, From fall camp, we kind of go a third of the offense each day during the season uh, uh, Sunday we check plays um, this is after everybody knows stuff but Sunday we check plays uh, and execute them uh, out of the various sets Uh, Monday's off Uh, Tuesday is uh, we work a third of the uh, the quick game. We work, uh, or, I'm sorry, not a third. We work a half of the quick game. We work a half of uh, the, the, the five step drop game. Uh, we work the screens that are in the game plan that week. The screens or the, any gadgets we put in. Uh, and then Wednesday, we work the other half of the quick game. Um, and then, And I usually split it. One day, we'll do the ones that incorporate the backs so that they're there. The other day we don't so that they can go do drills uh, or work inside. Um, So one day on the quick game, is the back incorporated quick game. The other is the non-back incorporated quick game. So you cover both halves of that. And then it's the other half of the five step
4: drop and then uh, red zone and goal line. Next question, what is the difference in how you teach the quick game footwork versus the drop back footwork with the QBs? How do you teach them their drops? Well, if they're under
5: center, if they're under center, the most important thing is to get a big first step. Most important thing is to get it because that sets up everything else. Get a big first step and get your hips open. So, you know, if it's, a, if it's a short drop, just one long, two short. And, uh, and you want it quick. And you want, uh, you want the last step uh, to – you know, I'd have to show you really. So you take one, one long step. Then you take another gather step. And then the third step, you would want uh, – in a right-handed quarterback, just slightly to the right because you want your, your front hip slightly open, ever so slightly open, so your line of vision isn't just closed off as in I can only see half the field. You want it, that, that, by, by having that, uh, your right foot slightly to the right, uh, when it finishes it up, and instead of straight behind you, you want it slightly to your right, then it'll help open your front hip, And you can see the left side better rather than just be closed off. So I like that. I think that's important. And then uh, um, uh, if it's a deep drop, well, then it's uh, three long, two short. But that finish with the two short at the end, I think, is pretty important as far as uh, because you don't want the quarterback all strung out. You want his hips or or you want his feet under his shoulders. And then the. uh, with so many guys out of the gun, and we're out of the gun all the time. Then for the short job drop, you just reset your feet, but resetting your feet, you want the one foot, the left foot kind of uh, square, so you're settled up and under your shoulders, and then uh, your right foot just slightly to the right if you're a right-handed quarterback. So your hips slightly open to the left, so that you can see a better range of the field, keeping the ball up, okay, and then the, the the deeper drop, five step drop. Then you're taking one long step too short if you're in the gun. And uh, but I do think I, I think really the most important part of it, uh, um, it, it, you know, there's everybody's got all these steps, you know, the 20 most important things on pass drops, which is. You know the twenty most important things on the pass drops. Fifteen of which are bullshit. You know, um, because nobody's sitting there trying to remember twenty things. You tell your quarterback that you either got the wrong quarterback, or he's going to look at you like you're screwed. And so, what I think is important, and it's important to have a, a, a big first step. It's important to finish with your left hip slightly open, so you can see. A good range of the field, and if you throw to your left and you finish, you'll naturally finish in a smooth, lined-up fashion. And then to the right, you can see well anyway. And then, uh, but the other thing, the end of the the setup. I mean, you want the, uh, you want your feet under your shoulders, not all sprawled out, and then you want your back foot uh, uh, slightly to the right if you're a right-handed quarterback, and Oh, the other thing that, since we've talked about feet, but as important as anything is to keep the
4: ball up. What are you looking for when evaluating a QB in the recruiting process?
5: Accurate, be accurate. You've got to be accurate. Uh, make good decisions. You can coach your way through some of that, but he's got to have a sense of football and what the others are doing. The most important quality of a, of a quarterback, is that he elevates the play of the guys around him. I mean, that's his job, and it's a very important job. They elevate the skills of the players around him. Some of it is having enough presence to be, you know, or charisma or whatever uh, to inspire those guys. And some, in uh, you know, I've had guys do it differently, you know. Uh, well, in the last year, Gardner Minshew was kind of a, a fiery guy, really passionate, and, Uh, everybody could feel it meant so much to him that they wanted to follow. And then Anthony Gordon was more of a laid back guy, but, uh, you know, in the most pressure situations or uh, something negative happened. I mean, he was calm and he was the same guy. One good description is be the same guy all the time because those other players are drawing from it. And then, but the the five skill things: um, accurate, make good decisions, and I think they need to start out accurate. I think you can make them more accurate, but I don't think you can flat out take them from inaccurate to accurate. At least not very easily. You're better served somebody that already is accurate, and then and then from there, there's the quick feed, which I think is the most important as far as. Uh, having a sense of the middle of the pocket and being able to adjust in the middle of the pocket. Uh, Graham Harrell was really good at uh, staying in that little bitty sliver of space until all the space was dried up just before delivering the ball. He was the master of that. He ran worse than most quarterbacks that I've had, but he, he was really good as far as, um, uh, Shuffling and identifying. I have this much space. Okay, now I have this much. Now I have this much. Now I have this much. Ball's gone. You know. And then there's strong arm, and then uh, fast, and all are important qualities. I don't see. Yeah, you know, in the, the NFL Hall of Fame. Almost none of them have all five of those things. They all would like to, but almost none of them have all five. I would say. Patrick Mahomes might be the closest that I've ever seen to having all five. Mm. Um, you know, if you think about it, but everybody can think of whoever their favorite quarterback is or a great quarterback. Um, they generally don't have all five. But what they do have is the ability to elevate and get the most out of the players around them. And the guy that can do that the best, he's the best quarterback.
4: All right. As a high school coach, we usually only have the previous week's film of our opponents. How would you go about scouting the defense when the opponent they were facing does not run an offensive system that is similar to spread or more particularly the air raid? I don't know the rules, and and, and but
5: uh, I would cut deals with teams that run uh, <laughs> spreads that that team are going to play before you play them and... You know and play uh I'll show you mine if you show me yours and um you know and uh then uh, I mean I'd try to try to do that um and then you know if you have a good base and a good uh collection of plays that you're running and they should be able to apply to a variety of situations um I would try to run core plays like you know it's not uncommon to run a play say one of the 90s or people call them the six you know it doesn't matter it's some passing play and then and I've literally lined up well if they play this you know we're going to hit this guy if they play that we'll probably end up hitting the other guy and if they play something else we'll hit the other guy in other words you want something that holds up you know and then the other thing, to the extent you can, and our quarterback can check from goal line to goal line. Well, you're – I mean, if you can't or you don't have a guy that can do that, um, still you want to have some kind of leeway to uh, get out of bad situations and to capitalize on good situations. You know, they empty the box. You want to be able to run it at them. and That's a good situation. You want to attack it right then, right there.
4: Can you talk a little bit about how you game plan and script or decide what to game plan and script?
5: Well, I think the most important thing is at some point you've got to decide what is in your package. What is important to you? What are the core plays that you're to run? And within those core plays, you're better off with uh, too few, not too many. Uh, you're only as good as whatever you can execute, no matter how good of an idea it is or how good... <laughs> somebody else can run under how good it looks on the board. You're only as good as what you can execute. And uh, that's the most important thing is worry about what you can do. Uh, so you got that core of plays and you want ones that attack the whole field and you want ones that get the ball in everybody's hands. And within that context, if that uh, happens, then you want to plug in and apply those to whoever your opponent is. And then um, – the, uh, and you know, can you do something different or a wrinkle or something? Yeah, I think you can do one or two each week, but not more than one or two. And ideally, the wrinkles you put in, hopefully, there are something you kind of started working on a couple of weeks before. Uh, and I'm not talking about a wholesale brand new play generally, I'm talking about, um, um, you know, maybe a wrinkle or something dressed up differently. Um, and then, you know, as the defense changes uh, the different parts of the field, you know, we'll try to change and adjust around them. But with that said, we want uh, plays that hold up to a lot of different defenses. And and then, you know, we want to have the ability to fire a play out there and react to it. But um, – and we do a real good job with our scout team as far as duplicating what somebody's gonna see and that sort of thing.
4: Coach, when you last ran the air raid in the SEC, it was basically unknown and gave the league a lot of problems defensively. How creative will you have to be with your system now that the league is more familiar with it?
5: I don't know. I don't think they are more familiar with the C. <laughs> I mean those guys those guys that coached clear back then, they're all gone. Um, although the air raid had people have seen um, the air raid philosophy a little more. There's not a lot of it in the SEC. Yep. Uh, you know, um, and then of course, uh, LSU had a big time throwing It with some really quality players last year. Yep. You know, the thing is though, in the end, football is a game of execution. And, we'll just worry about executing the best, the best that we
4: can, you know. On behalf of all of us here, we want to thank you very much for sitting down. I know it's not the easiest thing to, you know, take a bunch of questions right one after the other, but we appreciate you sitting there and and, and doing it for us.
2: Oh, no problem. I appreciate it. Wish I could see everybody.
4: (laughs) Thank you very much, coach. Good luck this Uh, year. All right. Thank you. You guys too. Good luck to you guys. Awesome. Thank you.
0: Whether it's been talking to my daughter or the conversations I've had with coaches this week or the large outpouring of thoughts, prayers, thank yous, and stories in the media and social media, it's easy to see the impact that a coach has. Coach Leach's impact is on the grandest scale. He touched so many lives, he helped so many people, and the game and the world are better for him having played his part. Thank you, Coach Leach. You will be missed.